to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers, for the last few weeks, I have been talking about how to prepare for the great wealth transfer. Once again, how to prepare for the great wealth transfer. And we have, I've also tried to do it on Facebook Live, and it's at 9 a.m. on Sunday um, on Facebook Live, Dr. Edith Davis, or you'll probably just see Edith Davis. So if you're up at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, you can tune in to Facebook Live, and I'll also save it. So if you miss it at 9 a.m. on Sunday, you can always go in and play it because I actually save the Facebook Live um, classes on how to prepare for the great wealth transfer. And as I said before, a quick micro spiral, um, this was something that the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Christ Jesus, had given given me, um, and it's basically changed and is changing my life. So, why is this so important? And is this biblical? Because, of course, you need to make sure that anything that you're teaching is grounded in the Word of God. And, of course, it is biblical. It is in Proverbs. It is in Ecclesiastes. It's, it's throughout the Bible. But God commands us, really, to leave an inheritance for our grandchildren. So, how do you do that? How do you not end up in debt? And how do you end up um, having uh, wealth and an inheritance for your grandchildren? So the Holy Spirit basically gave me the guidelines. And the interesting thing about this is that we have a lot of wealthy people and they basically, a lot of them are following the principles of that, the spiritual principles about wealth, about reaping and sowing. And so basically what I've been talking about is the foundation is tithe and offerings. And the tithe means a tenth. But what it make, truly makes it a tithe is that it has to be first. And it's based on the principle of God must be first. And what a lot of people don't know and understand is that the principle of God being first is all throughout the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It starts off even in heaven when one of the first stories where Lucifer, which was one of the archangels, which was one of the, was the most beautiful angel, and he was probably uh, um, one of the most intelligent of the angels. And he was over worship, which is a very powerful ministry where the entertainment and the music industry basically comes out in the seven mountains um, on on planet Earth, the seven mountains. People probably know about that. And, and one of them is, of course, entertainment, education, religion, so forth and so on. So, family. Um, so, this is very critical. And so, Lucifer, unfortunately, got full of himself and decided that he wanted to be number one. Now, 
think about it, as intelligent as he was, you're going to try to take the person that actually created you? I mean, it's a no-brainer. The person that created you is probably smarter than you, okay? So the long and short of everything, he got kicked out on his keisters to planet Earth. So we have to deal with Lucifer, a.k.a. Satan, a.k.a. the devil. So because of the fall of the atoms, we are in an accursed system. And one of the ways to bypass the accursed system is through tithing. And tithing means that God must be first, and it's got to be the first 10%. It's the redemptive portion. And any and all things that you receive is from God. Everything that's good that you receive is from God. And it's he gets the first. That's just the first fruit principle, the firstborn principle, the tithing principle. They're all under the auspices of God must be first. So you can have $100. Your tithe is 10%, but it has to be that first $10 bill. It cannot be the second $10 bill, the third $10 bill, or even the tenth $10 bill. It has to be the first $10 bill. Why? Because in order for the tithe, the blessings that come from tithing has to be activated by faith. And when you give something first, then when you give something first, then you are activating the blessings, the Barak of the Lord, because you're doing it in faith. Because when you give something first, you don't know what's going to happen. And and as any good parent, God actually models that, and God's tithe was Christ Jesus, His only begotten Son. So a spot, spotless, unblemished, pure, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So when we give our first, it's redemptive and it blesses the whole. So the 90% that's left over, the spirit of mammon is broken off of it and is no longer accursed. And you can walk in the riches and wealth of Christ Jesus. You can have the inheritance of Christ Jesus. You can do all things in and through Christ Jesus. There's so there's healing and health, riches and wealth. All of these a multitude of blessings come out of being obedient to God in this area. And is it is it is the first foundational thing of how to prepare for the great wealth transfer. Because if you're faithful in a little thing, such as money, because money is very small to God. You can be ruler over much. So we are preparing ourselves for the great wealth transfer. And also there's offerings. And that's a whole nother teaching that I'll get to eventually, hopefully maybe even today. So, so we have to prepare our hearts because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, another biblical principle. And what do you mean exactly by that? I mean, whatever you put in investment, the largest investment of your time and energy and thought into, that's where your heart is. That's why you have people that are sports fanatics or Olympic Olympic fanatics or um, 
whatever fanatics. I mean, you have people that spend an enormous amount of their, their time, their money, their energy in certain areas in their lives. And so that's why when you actually follow the principle of first by tithing, by giving your first fruit, which is also considered tithing, and also the firstborn. And, you know, I've talked about that earlier about God claims the firstborn of everything, the first of everything on planet Earth. And all humans have to be redeemed. And they usually are redeemed by a clean animal, usually a spotless lamb. And that's what the whole thing from Passover came from. And when the uh, Jews were delivered from Egypt and um, the death angel passed over because the blood of the baby lamb was on their doorpost that protected them from the, the, the spirit of death itself. And so you too, the spirit of death bypasses you. The spirit of death basically um, does not is not able to impact your finances, impact your home, and impact your relationships, right? So the spirit of death bypassed the the Jewish people. And of course, the Egyptian firstborn, including even their livestock, all were destroyed and killed by the death angel because God is has authority and authorization to have the first. And so as we get deeper and deeper into this study, what exactly is happening is it's a heart work. There are misinformation. Um, One of the things that I've learned is, was I had it kind of twisted, and that is, yes, we understand those of us who are saved, who have accepted Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we recognize that Jesus died for our sin and he took the curse. He took the curse of the earth from us and, and the things of us. And that's true. However, people say, well, um, well, I no longer am under the curse because, and I was kind of thinking that way too, because I'm under the blood. But if you really technically want to think about it, if you're not under the curse, then you shouldn't have any issues. You should be living in heaven right now. And I guarantee you, if you look at certain aspects of your life, you're not having heaven on earth. You got a financial issue. You got a relationship issue. You got a marriage issue. You got a children's issue. You got a job issue. There's something, something, something in your life that's not quite right. And guess what? We sin after we're saved. Now, our spirit doesn't sin because... We are made new, brand new in and through Christ Jesus, and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So the sinning part of us is our soul and our bodies, right? And once you sin, then you give Satan, a.k.a. devil, a.k.a. Lucifer, authorization. He is the accuser of the brethren. He is the enemy of our soul. He has authorization to come into our lives and wreak havoc. Yes, we're saved and we're going to heaven. Maybe we'll go to heaven sooner than we want to. But he has legal right to come in and wreck your life. He has legal right to come in and destroy 
your marriage. He has legal right. And you know, and I, I heard the most awesome explanation of this from a minister um, um, that I like a lot. And he explained it like this. And I might have been Pastor Bill Winston also, but um, he basically explained it like this. When we sin, we have opened the door. We've given Satan legal legal right to come in and wreck our world. Now, of course, God the Father, he's sovereign and he's got all power and authority. And yes, he could step in and override it. But more than likely, he won't because he's going to let this be a lesson to you as you go through whatever the consequences are for your disobedience. So I love this. And it's not, it could be a little bitty thing. For example, you, you, you don't spend any time with your spouse anymore. You're always working. You're always doing this and doing that. You don't have time for your spouse anymore. And guess what? You've opened the door for Satan to come and wreck your marriage because you have to put into your marriage Every day, 24-7, seven days a week, 360 days, 65 days a year. You have to put into your marriage. Oh, how about this one? You um, want to be slender and skinny, right? You want to be gorgeous, right? So God, God has created a metabolism. He's done a lot of things for you. And if you will listen to him and cut out the sugars and exercise, then you will have the benefit of a slender body. But if you continue to eat cakes and cookies and ice cream and lots of sugar and no exercise, surprise, surprise, you're going to be overweight. Now, those are consequences for being disobedient. Or how about this one? You want to have the abundant life in your finances, You want to be wealthy and rich, right? You know, you want to have the Barak. And God has, God has designed it. He's also mapped it out and told us what to do. You don't tithe. So guess what? Automatically, God, He can, but you're, He he doesn't have to rebuke the devourer for your sake. So you can have unexpected bills that will basically take your money, right? Or how about this one? Um, let's finish up on the finances. Um, so you, um, don't budget. You overspend. You use your credit card when you shouldn't. You buy things that you don't need, really, and you don't have to have, but you just want them, and there's not in your budget. So you find yourself in massive debt, and you're not tithing, so you're getting, your finances are being wreaked havoc in, in that way. So, you know, Guess what? (laughs) You're not going to have the financial blessing that God ordained for you to have from the beginning of time. Right? Because it's already done. God already has the riches. He has the witty inventions. He has all these things already lined up for you. But you have to believe by faith and align your life up according to his word and have reciprocating, reciprocating, reciprocating responses, right? Basically, 
God says, oh, you're going to lose weight and I got you covered, but you got, I want you to eat this. I want you to eat that. You eat that. You do that. Right? So, it, so guess what? You lose weight. You get skinny. Your finances are ordered. You tithe. You give offering. You budget. You don't spend money you don't have. Matter of fact, the Davis rule is, it's not how much money you make, it's how much money you can keep. Right? So, you're an ant. You save money. You're a rock badger. You don't have high utility bills. You don't have high telephone bills. You just don't. Um, and you you don't have an electric bill, high electric bills. So basically, <clears throat> you are protecting your finances. And then you become a locust. You advance in the earth. You are promoted. I recently received a promotion, and I just want to... Tell Daddy God you and all the people that voted for me for my promotion and um, the leadership, um, President um, Larry Robinson, um, Provost um, Maurice Anderton, my Dean Allison Watson, my Chair Vanessa Fitzpanisher, and all the faculty members of Florida A&M University College of Education that voted for me and the University Committee. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and and I plan to go for full professor as soon as possible. So it is um, pretty um, awesome that the now I'm a locust. I'm advancing in the earth. And the next step is to become a spider. And that's where you want to be. You want to be Jeff Bezos is a spider. Bill Gates is a spider. Uh, Oprah Winfrey is a spider. Tyler Perry is a spider, right? So spiders actually create wealth. See, God gives us the power to create wealth, but you got to have your house in order, right? In order for you to walk in the creation of wealth, okay? So... <clears throat> I'm just thinking about how people just think, well, automatically I'm just going to be wealthy. Or even if the great wealth transfer came, which in the case of Van Jones, he just had um, $100 million given to him by Jeff Bezos in the form of a grant to spend any way he wants. And then um, to commend his, his former wife, she's giving away billions of dollars to various institutions um, of and, um, higher education institutions, historically black institutions, um, private, mostly in some public institutions. So we are basically seeing an enormous amount of great wealth transfer, right? But if you're not trained to handle wealth and have the relationships to prosper that wealth, then you're not going to hold on to it. And you can see it in people that win the lottery. You check back with them if they're broke or they're dead. So it's, it's um, you really have to be careful about handling wealth and being, you know, um, I guess I would say um, using wisdom in the handling of those things. See, a lot of people who maintain their wealth their wisdom and of course if you get wealth any other way it's going to be come with a lot of great pain or a lot of great sorrow so 
here that's an example of yes, you're blessed and you're going to heaven. But if you have opened the door for the enemy to have legal right to come in your life, just like if you want to rob a bank, you can be saved and rob a bank. And of course, that's not a real good indicator that you're because if you really saved, then the Holy Spirit is going to tell you, no, don't do that. And you're going to obey. But let's just say you're a babe, baby Christian. You rob a bank. Guess what? If the police catch you, you're going to go to jail. The popo, as they would say, you're going to jail and um, you're going to be in prison, right? But guess what? The Holy Spirit's going to be with you while you're in prison and he's going to nurture you and talk to you and develop you in that prison situation. But just because you're saved doesn't mean that you don't go, because there's also laws of man that you have to abide with. You have to abide the laws of man as long as they don't violate the laws of God. Whenever they violate the laws of God, then you don't you're not held held for that God will protect you, right? So look at your health. I mean, COVID, the Delta variant of COVID, whatever it is. You you line yourself up with God's word, eat healthy, exercise, your immune system is going to be just awesome, right? So it is um it is very clear that just because you're under the blood and you're saved that you you can still be accursed in certain areas in your life, right? I'm divorced. That's an accursed situation. Let's be real candid about it. I would I would love to have my family intact. And husband and my kids and future grandkids and, you know, all of that. I would love that, right? But violated certain principles of God's word. Didn't take care of business like, like God said in God's word. And guess what? The enemy came in and devoured my marriage, right? So we need to understand that... There is a protocol, a process, a procedure of how to prepare for the great wealth transfer, right? Because God will bless you, but the main reason why God blesses you is for you to be a blessing to others. That means you cannot be self-centered or selfish and that you are ready to do as the Holy Spirit commands. Um, give this person money or don't give that person money or whatever that is. So it is very, very, very critical that we understand that the great wealth transfer is going to occur when we align ourselves up with the word of God in the areas of not only our finances, but in our lives. As a matter of fact, the book that my class is actually reading is The Blessed Life, and it's by Robert Morris, and it's Unlocking the Rewards of Generous Living. So it's bigger than just money. It's the blessed life, right? Right? So, let us 
back up a little bit and now you understand what the tithe is all about. Now you understand this, that it's a heart issue because not only that, but you got to give your tithe out of love and not grudgingly. So it's not something that, okay, I'm going to do my duty and I'm going to give my tithe. It doesn't work like that. God has to be first and he doesn't want you to be feel like you're forced to choose him. He wants you to choose him because you love him. And that's because he loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son, Christ Jesus, to die for your past, your present, and even your future sins. That's a big deal. So we must also give it, give our tithe and our offerings out of a spirit of humility and love. Humility in the sense of we recognize that we would have nothing, and I mean nothing, without him. When you get a promotion, promotion comes from the Lord, not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Daddy God, you hey, he is the one that judges. He is the one that raises one man up and puts down another. Okay? So, this is very, very critical. Right? So, we need to understand that everything that we have, our homes, our families, our children, Everything, every good and perfect gift in your life comes from the Lord, comes from Daddy God, you hey, So that's where the humility comes in, because you recognize that you would not have it without him. And you are giving him the first 10% because you're saying, I acknowledge you, God. I wake up in the morning and I say to God, Lord God, Abba Father, you ain't what's on your heart today? How may I show my love, my gratitude, my appreciation to you this day? How may I bring glory, honor, and pleasure to you this day? I say, Lord God, Christ Jesus, Lord God, Yahshua Amashia, what's on your heart today? How may I show my love, my gratitude, my appreciation to you this day. How may I bring glory, honor, and pleasure to you this day? And then I say, Lord God, Ruha Kadash, Lord God, Holy Spirit, what's on your heart today? How may I show my love, my gratitude, my appreciation to you this day? How may I bring glory, honor, and pleasure to you this day. Yes, yes. This is important. This is important to God that you place Him first and that you recognize that you're, you have to do it out of love. And I say to those people, well, Dr. Davis, I'm not ready. I'm not. I just, I just can't do it out of love. Then go ahead and do it. Just do it. And I guarantee you, over time, 
God will work on your heart. And then there's the offerings. And the offerings is a whole nother um, level where you go beyond the tithe. This is where God can deal with the alms, which is giving to the poor. And everybody's used to that. There's a disaster in Haiti or there's a disaster in Peru or there's disaster in Romania, or there's disasters in Japan, or there's disaster in China, or there's disasters in Switzerland, wherever that is, you, you give to that need. That's alms. And that's sort of like a one-to-one ratio. And what I mean by that is that God actually will pay you back for what you give to the poor. God will not have, he will owe no man. And he considers that like a loan for him. So that's where you have the one-to-one ratio. And then we get into the categories of the first fruits. And now there's a, the, the barley harvest, which basically is where we give um, the first fruits of that season. And that's for like um, promotions, that's like basically um, land. No, not land. That's the other one. That's the wheat harvest. But that's like promotion and jobs and opportunities and doors opening for you. And then and that's around Passover, right? And then we have the Feast of Wheat, the wheat first harvest, which is around Pentecost. And that is the first fruit of the wheat harvest. And that is around Pentecost, which is, you know, and I guess um, it depends on where it falls in the year. But if you, you can Google it and probably find it. But anyway, so you give your first fruit for Pentecost. And now that's where you open the door for promotion, for raises, for land, for silver, for gold. Um, for CDs, annuities, things like that, witty inventions, right? You come up with witty inventions and things like that and ideas that are going to make you a multimillionaire, right? And then you have what we call the Feast of Booth, the Feast of Tabernacle, which is the grape harvest. This is what Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry, um, a lot of these rich giants walking this, this is having wealth in times of famine. Well, when you have wealth in times of famine, then you can buy things at a much cheaper rate than you could when it's not the time of famine. So usually this is where the rich get richer because they have the money to go buy houses and they have the money to um, buy um, companies and they have the money people who have not been good stewards losing their houses and things like that this is where the rich get richer it's called the grape harvest the feast of booth the feast of tabernacle and that's around october september right so then we can talk about the the seed offering which isaac he walked in this one where he was actually in times of famine and it was desert. And God said, just plant your seeds. I'm going to cause you to prosper even in times of famine. And so he he actually sowed seed and reaped a hundredfold harvest. 
a hundredfold harvest. So that's where the Holy Spirit directs you to give to a particular ministry or to a particular mission or somewhere where God wants to move on someone's behalf and God tells you to plant that seed. And also, there is the $1,000 return seed. Jesse DePlantis walks in that one where he actually sowed his um, his harvest, right? And so that enables you to reap a thousandfold, right, level. And of course, Satan tries to counterfeit, duplicate this. But of course, the way you can distinguish Satan from God blessing you is with Satan's blessing, it always, always, always ends in sorrow. So, that's a little bit of teaching on the offerings, and then we'll talk a little bit more. But I don't want to end this broadcast without saying Romans 10, 9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM, Wave 94, Dr. Edith Davis. Oh